Hello and welcome back to our podcast, Ayahuasca Assisted Therapy. And I'm here with Stephen again. You met him already and hope you enjoyed that episode. If not, check it out. It's really insightful. And I'm just happy to continue the conversation. Welcome, Stephen. Well, thanks for having me back, Nina. I enjoyed our last conversation. So I'm excited today because we're going to dive into a topic that I know almost nothing about, but super interested in. And a little bit we mentioned last time how most people in my practice come for healing. You know, they come, they want to heal physical, mental, emotional problems, relationships. So that's kind of the main motivation or the other group of people that I, I um, deal with, you know, most often they are um, younger people who are looking for kind of what is my life purpose, why I'm here kind of thing. And, and when, we, uh, when we were talking last time a little bit privately after the podcast, I think you mentioned, if I remember, where something that there are programs and courses that are geared more towards executives or leaders or you know, uh, in some in some way to unlock their potential in the world of like business or creativity. And I thought, wow, that's so amazing. Like I, I never used the medicine that way or work with people with this particular intention. So yeah, I would love to hear what, what you have to share about that. And do you have any personal experience or do you have programs geared towards these people? And how does that work? <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Nina. So yeah, I think that people are coming uh, to the medicine in a in a broader in a broader and more broader sense. And most of the people that I'm dealing with, they're dealing with, uh, I'm trying to overcome some barrier, right. And, um, but I spent 10 years working for Tony Robbins in the business sector. So most of my contacts are high net worth, peak performance, uh, be the best of. And so what happens is, we all hit these stages where we hit these blocks and it doesn't matter whether the block is I'm, I'm, I'm not able to make my relationship work the way I want it to my personal relationship. And I'm not able to get my business to go where it wants to go at the core of it. Mother still goes right into the, what's the thing keeping you blocked? Cause at the end of the day, as working with a guy today and he's a um, fairly successful business in a fairly big town, uh, one of the top, uh, in his field. And, um, the business is not, it, it's not, it's built for where he was five years ago, who he was 10 years ago. It's not built for who he is now as an, uh, uh, getting ready for retirement, getting ready. It's not built for that. And one of the things that I know is when you're building a business, it's what do you need to get out of this business today? And what do you need to get out of this business tomorrow? Well, most businesses don't grow by design. Most businesses grow by default. And so what happens is the business ends up taking on the, the meeting the needs of the business, what we call a business operator. So typically where I'll see this, a business owner come to me is a couple of places. One where like for me, when I came to the medicine, I was working for Tony. Um, I had developed this personal codex thing had been given to me by the, by, by some, by some medicine and I was unraveling it in my 23 years of shadow work experience. And what is all that? And I knew that it was, I wasn't going to be able to continue to work with Tony underneath his shadow and develop this system. It's just not ethical. It's not the way it works. And the role that Tony had me in flying all around the world was under his umbrella. So it was Tony says, Tony says, Tony says, wasn't going to work. And so I went through like a year or two of working in an organization 
that I didn't feel like I belonged in anymore. And so my mind then would create situations out in the business where I would say, oh, it's because of this. Oh, it's because they're, none of these people are really in it for the customer. They're in it for the money or this or that. I would tell myself stories about why I was feeling this, this not wanting to be here. And what it was really about was I needed to go build this new thing. And I was scared that I wasn't going to be good enough. Right. But I didn't know that nobody told, I wasn't told that I was our conscious thought. It's not aware of it. So I came to the medicine to try to get some clarity on what I need to do. And mother is very ayahuasca. We're specifically talking about, right? She, she's got a very interest, like mother, I need to know what my purpose is. And she says, Oh, that's great. Before you do that, come over here and kick this, kick this, kick this thing 5,000 times, right? Or come over here and look at this and come over. And what I realized is, is she's heading you towards your intention but she's doing it in a way that's authentic. And most of us, 99% of us are living out of the false self. We've generated a life that works as long as I stay in the lie. And when the lie doesn't fit us anymore and it's time to move out of it, well, then the ego starts to do stuff. So mother will come online. For me, she came online and I, I drank, uh, was it a, a month before COVID hit? Two weeks later, I, two weeks after drinking, I quit my job. Two weeks to start my own business. Two weeks later, COVID hit. And so now I'm in this business. It's like, you sent me here and there's nothing here. And so it was like, I had to learn, I had to go through this, this grieving process of no longer being underneath the Tony shadow. Right. Um, I have a client who he um, was started, he had 15 employees, his family owned business. We, we, we started working with him uh, to, to build a bigger business. We built that bigger business, but then we needed to exit the business. Many times as a business operator, because so for the first step is coming into the actual becoming a business owner. I believe that coming into the game of business requires us to learn how to generate life through us. We have to align with our axis mundi so that, so that things are coming through me. I'm not being fed anymore. I'm not a consumer anymore. I'm a creator. That two millimeter shift from consumer to creator is very difficult, very, very difficult, especially with the constructs of the mind. Second piece is when I've built this business, many times we build the business to serve us, it grows by default. And so this business becomes an extension of my psychology. Like you've heard the term attitude reflects leadership. So then the next stage is how do I turn a business operator into a true business owner? Most people don't own a business. Most people own a job. Like most people don't own a business. The business owns them. And the reason why is because it's meeting a need. It's, it's me, and typically if you're in the false self, it's meeting a shadow need. So for me, I spent a good majority of my life in sales. One of my shadows is rejected. Like I'm, I'm, I'm certain Nina, that there are people in my, there's a part of me that's certain that as people are listening to this, they are rejecting me. Like they're instantly, this guy's doesn't know what he's talking about. Like there's a part of me, like the sun is gonna come up tomorrow that feels like a reject, right? Well, what's the one position that you have to be okay with rejection? Sales, right? So I took a role. The reason why I went into sales was because it allowed me the ability to feel rejection and be okay because it's, they're not rejecting me. They're rejecting the product. They're rejecting the company. They're rejecting the offer. They're not, I'm not rejected. So it made me okay. It allowed my feeling of rejection to balance out because I had something on the outside world, I could say it's, I had, I had a hook that I could project that on. So as a business operator, we build these businesses that serve these false selves. 
And it could be like, I'll see customers, I'll have, I have clients who um, they've got problems in the business. And the reason why is because they have to feel as though they're fixing something. Like they create the very problem so that they have something to solve, but they're not conscious of that. Mother's going to take you down in to that part of you that feels like you need to have, like you've got a problem so that you can fix that inside so that you stop fixing it outside. Well, then we got to move you from business operator to business owner, which is another big jump because now the business doesn't rely upon you. You're not getting your needs met by being needed, by being wanted, working with the customer now who he just got to the stage and he, he went into the shadow of powerlessness and the shadow of powerlessness had him turn to his team, which he'd already built the exit and started just coming at them from this taking power back, stripping away everything he built because he felt powerless and he needed to get power, right? So again, mother's gonna take you in underneath that to allow you the ability to operate consciously, to not operate out of what we call your, um, what is it, um, reconstructive interpretation of reality, which is what's causing most of our business struggles out there. And then you have another type of business owner who their business is going good, but they want it to go great. They want to dominate. They want to become the number one. They want to move into a new, a new, um, new product, new idea, new concept. They want to shift. They want to pivot industries, right? Well, the problem becomes the mind takes on the shape of whatever you put it in. And then we get focused on those variables that we think we need to focus on. And without having the ability of wiping out those variables and being able to see what's outside of that container, we just end up rebuilding the same thing over and over and over again. So we get customers that'll come to me when they're moving into business. I get people that come to me because their business is stuck and they don't know why. And then I get businesses that'll go into that exit, go into that exit stage. And like Steve Jobs is a prime example. When he, um, he hired the guy from Pepsi, if you've ever seen the movie, he's like, he told him, he said, do you want to change the world or you want to sell sugar water, right? So he hires this guy, this guy comes in, who's a, who's a middle management in every stage of business. There's a specific stage of growth where you have to bring in experts. We call it, we call it young adult stage. When you bring in those business owners that at that point, a business operator who's getting their needs met through being the only, the definitive answer is now, they're now telling them no to things that they would normally say yes to, which then causes them to go internal into their shadows, into their projections, into all their stuff. And you see what happens Steve Jobs got fired. Then he went and created Next. And then he went like on, I can give you the whole story, right? And he ended up coming back and firing the guy that fired him kind of thing. But in that process, he went and learned about himself and he learned how to lead. He went to Disney. They taught him a bunch of stuff. He had to look at some stuff. He had to go down. Next was a failure. It made him go in. If you've read the, the biography, you kind of kind of know the background to it, right? But then by the time he came back to Apple, he wasn't the same leader that he was when they fired him. He was no longer a business operator. He was now an official business owner and he knew how to run a business of that size. Mother helps with all the, anytime there's a threshold of change, it's a great time for you to inject, possibly inject some kind of support, some kind of a guide. Well, wow, that's that's so interesting. So basically, do I understand well that it's not really a different process, like no. from somebody who has cancer or something or an addiction, right? Because 
I, I find it super interesting. I never thought about it that way, that your business is the extension of your psychology, but I love it. And, and I can totally see it, you know, how, how this is true. So is, is there anything that you do different? If you have like a I business, do. like what is that you do different versus a person who is coming to heal addiction, you know, and do shadow? Yeah. Well, I think that's one of, one of the differences between me and a lot of other people that are working in the medicine is that I came from that world. And so, you know, Tony taught me business is 80% psychology, 20% mechanics, right? Well, everything in life is really 80% psychology, 20% mechanics. So the 80% is important, but then that other 20%, that, that strategy, that's vital as well. And so when I'm dealing with a business owner, we're looking at a wider version of the picture. Whereas if I'm working with somebody who's just working on their own stuff, we're drilling down into their own stuff. But if we're dealing with a business, well, then there's also structure that you need to take. What are your KPIs, key performance integrators? What are your, what's your, what's your, what's your, uh, uh, your what, are the, what are the numbers that you're looking for? What is the outcome you're at? Who are all, what is all the resources that you think you have available to you? Are they in line? Did you hire the right people? There's a, what was that decision-making process? Are they paper, what I call pay, paycheck employees? Are they paper thin? Do they, do they believe in your purpose? Like there's a lot of different variables that come in line with the business that it starts to complicate the integration process, but it's still the same process. I mean, what is business? Business is a bunch of people. Right. So at the end of the day, it's just a wider version of that of the mechanics. It's just out into it's already made it out. The ideas, many of the ideas we're dealing with are already out here. The other piece that I always want to tell, like if you're a business owner right now, if there's one thing I want you to know is that business is a spiritual sport. We're, we look at business. Many of the folks that I work with in uh, my my partners, my 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 coworkers, my whatever in this space, some of them look at it as if business is somehow like somehow a bad thing, right? But business, if you really look at it, business is a spiritual sport. If you think about it, other than being a mother and a father, set that to the side, those two roles to the side, there's not another sport that is going to test you more than being in business. And I say sport because there's winners, there's losers, there's a scoreboard, right? There's strategy involved. There's a, there's a, there's a field of play. Business is a sport, but it's a spiritual sport. It's going to test you. You're going to feel more alone. My vision that I have in my head for my business, I am the only one that holds that vision. I've got to be able to hold that vision through the universe testing me. How bad do you really want it? I've got to hold that much longer than I would if it were just me dealing with me because I've got to hold it for a lot of other people that are coming around me and hold that center. It, it also will force you to strip away what's not real to get to the truth of what's real. It's, it's a spiritual sport. It's designed to crack us open and, and really reach us in. And, and at some level, it separates us from a consumer-based mindset and moves us into a creator-based mindset. It's, it's, it's the same. It's just like if I'm talking with a business owner, I want to know what's your annual revenue, what's your company's purpose, what business are you in, how's business? What's, you know, what, what are you, what is your top competitor doing? What, what is the, I'm going to dive into the, the first thing I do is I look at what, what is the terrain you're operating and what is the map as you see it? Cause the way you see it and the way it really is are two different things, right? But what is the terrain that you're looking at 
And then what are you not seeing? What is the thing that's happening that you're not seeing? And why are you not seeing that? And then if it's, if it's the strategies in place and the systems are in place, but we're not getting the outcome, well, are we moving in the right direction? Yes, we're moving in the right direction. Yes, we got the systems. Yes, we got the right strategy. So then why are we not implementing or what we call integrating effectively? Is it not being integrated? Are we clarifying and verifying when we're sending the message across? So it gets a little bit farther out past just the, the vision and it gets more into the mechanics, right? But it's still the same process at the end of the day. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's surprising for sure, because as you said, we are humans and we create businesses and all that. So um, can you share an example? Like, for example, this person came and this was the situation and then this is what he did. And now this is what your business is like or like some kind of like inspiring story. <laughs> One gentleman, he's built the business to exit it. He's got three offers sitting on the table. Um, but he, the problem becomes most people want to build and scale a business than sell a business. We didn't go that route. We built a business that was sellable. So when you walk in the front door of your business, the first question you can ask yourself is where's the back door? We did some work, came in, sat, we, we did all that we grew. Now he's got three offers that are sitting on the table and business is exited. So he's sitting in a place where it doesn't matter if they pay me or not, I can leave the business and the business is going to still generate revenue. When he originally came in, it was really about what am I going to do? What direction am I going to go? He was having some problems with some of the um, some of the other partners that he was working with, and really what it was about was ego. At the end of the day, um, had another situation where uh, this one's kind of interesting. I had a gal come in; she was suffering from anxiety, just suffering from anxiety. She's anxious, uh, fairly uh, uh, fairly high up. She's a fiduciary in the financial world which means that you're in the top 8% of financial advisors. You, you have a fiduciary responsibility to take care of your client first. You got to sign a bunch of documents. There's a whole bunch of, you can get fined. You can lose your license, like all kinds of stuff, right? She was suffering from this anxiety and she had this situation going on. I don't want to go into detail without kind of, I don't want to out her. She didn't give me permission to do that. But she had this situation going on as she was coming in the ceremony. That was, it was a massive lawsuit. Didn't know what she was going to do. She came in to the ceremony, three ceremonies, one weekend, three ceremonies. At the end of the third ceremony, she got a call that Monday morning and they had dropped the case. So I don't know how that happened. I can't explain how that happened, but we see this all the time in individual journeys with mother where something just breaks free. Same thing happens in business. It's, it's the same. So is there, are there people to your knowledge who use it kind of for team building and they take the leadership or something and- I haven't got there yet. For an ayahuasca ceremony. Not ayahuasca. Mushrooms is different. We've, I've got teams of people that are using microdosing, having very effective, especially because I come from the tech sector before I entered into this mm -hmm. sector. The tech sector is really because of Silicon Valley. And so microdosing is a big deal there. So I have people doing that. I have people working, I have some folks working in, I don't want to mention any names of any television channel, uh, television organizations, because as soon as I say it, you're going to know who it is, um, but uh, fairly high up in, in, in there. And they're using that, they're using it, it in their teams. Uh, it helps, a, what mushrooms do is they give you cognitive flexibility. Ayahuasca just haven't, I haven't found anybody yet willing to dive that deep into it because 
ayahuasca is so mother is so demanding like and rightly so she does uh, no means am i arguing with mother like no means am i doing that right but it, she's much more demanding from a personal standpoint that i think most business owners have yet to allow themselves the power of coming together as a community and we're all like nobody really has the faith i don't it, it takes a lot of faith in your organization it takes a lot of willingness to trust the medicine it takes a lot of willingness to trust the people that are facilitating it the integration and implementation on the back end has to be very like when i'm doing uh, uh, mushroom stuff like that when i'm doing work with organizations in that way we do anywhere from four to eight sessions on the back end and many of them are individual to make sure that everything coalesces on the back end right uh, there'll be a prep work done on the front end. If with ayahuasca, it's like it's all bets are off because she's going to go so deep. She'll take them so deep. It's like a different concept. Now, I am toying with um, there's a there's there's some folks that use ayahuasca differently than the way that I've been taught in that they're almost doing like small doses over the course of like little dose, little dose, little dose, little dose. So it's a different kind of I'm assuming it's probably a different journey altogether. But I haven't really gone in enough to really say with any certainty that that can be in any way, shape or form facilitated in a way that's conducive. So I haven't got there yet. Right now, it's just the leaders that are using it for insight, that are using it to break through, that are using it to kind of heal those wounds that haven't stuck in cycles of suffering. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think the traditional use has definitely has a communal aspect. I I sit in a community you know with with similar people uh, multiple times in the past and um, I think there is that way when you see others to go through their shit you know and stuff like that you bonding you know on a different level so I think definitely it has like this com community uh, building um, effect but not as much as, for example, the peyote. I think that's much more communal, even, you know, taking the peyote and, and all that while the ayahuasca is, is, I think it's rather individual, you know, the energy. So yeah, I think it's an interesting question if it, with, with the group, with group intention and, and stuff like that, how how would it work? But definitely, why why not? Why oh, well, yeah, well, we could do it. You, what is the distinction going with the intention, looking at the resistance to moving forward? Um, I, I'm where I'm really excited is as I watch this psychedelic renaissance, whatever they're calling what we're going through here, this waking up, this re reunification between us and plant medicine, whatever is going on, I'm excited to see five or 10 years down the road because, you know, we're, if, if we continue to, to raise awareness at the rate that we are, then five or 10 years down the road, it's not going to be unheard of for us to be able to say, well, yeah, we're getting ready to do a massive push and a new product. The team leaders have all decided to go into ceremony. They're all in ceremony right now. We don't really know what's going to go on. We won't know until they come back out of ceremony. I could see that becoming the norm where organizations that want to stay successful, stay moving forward are coalescing like that. But it's going to take a lot of people stepping through their fears. It's going to take a lot of people risking taking that step where nobody else has and being willing to and they got to have the right team in place to do that. 
So um, that's that's uh, I I can definitely see that it would be lovely. <laughs> it would be great, especially you know if you want to be a president or something, you should go through something. Like I, that. Absolutely, I think that anybody that, that if you haven't taken some form of getting out of your ego in some way, shape, yeah. or form, then you're not safe. Like you're just not safe, right? It's like you don't even know what's going on here. Like you think you do when you don't. So I I I, I concur. I think that. <laughs> I, I agree. But I, I think that really when it boils down to it at the end of the, so then the question becomes, well, then what if somebody doesn't want to take psychedelics? Does that bar them from working in that organization? That, then we start to get into very uh, clear lines of, uh, uh, of discrimination and, and stuff like that. So it's like, how do we find a way to allow these people who don't, because psychedelics aren't for everybody, these people that don't, for whatever reason, choose to, to, you know, to work with the plant medicine. Well, how, of course, then we got shadow work that comes into play. We've got family uh, systems comes into play. We've got a lot of different things that we can bring into the picture to support them. It's finding a way to allow all these, all these things, their space. It's exciting when you look at where we're going. Very exciting. So what do you think about, uh, like a lot of people who go to an ayahuasca experience and after either their first experience or the first couple of experience, like let's say a couple of months of working with the medicine, they have some extremely positive experience. And then they say, oh, I got this download from the medicine that I am here to work with this medicine and to build a retreat center or to open a church and stuff like that. And I, I do believe that this is, possible i i know people who did get information like that and it was really their life path and they did go that direction and it did manifest but most people like it never happened and it just faded out and stuff like that so what 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 do you think about this because so many people keeps to getting that feeling that okay that's my purpose now you know and it's not necessarily so well, you know, it's interesting. That's a great question. Um, it, it's, it's many times I'm looking at this and I see these people because it's such a profound experience for many, if not most, if not all, at some level, it's a very profound experience. And it's like all of a sudden they just sell all their goods, they sell all their stuff, and now they're following what they think is a vision. And I've seen it happen more often than not. They do that, they quit their gig. And then the next thing you know, they're they're moving back in with their mom and dad, or they're they're broke, or they're living. Now, again, I left a half a million dollar a year job to do what I'm doing now, but I was already on this path. I was on I've been on this path for 20 years prior to me jumping out on my own. And it was always the intention that I would eventually be here. Like when I started down this road, when I saw somebody stand up, do shadow work for the first time, I went, that's it. I don't know what that is, but whatever that is. And I started moving. Now here's the trick. I knew I've got seven kids, five left in the home. I knew there was no way I was, I went and worked as a, an addictions professional for a while, wasn't able to pay the bills there. And so it was like, if I'm going to do that, I ended up doing that on my off hours. I spent two years working with the homeless while working with Tony Robbins. I had to, I had to support myself financially and so I started off uh, uh, working. I was working for Gateway. I was traveling around, taking all these workshops. I was paying for the workshops. 
I was uh, going to these shadow ceremonies, paying to be there. And, you know, we're talking, you know, 50 of those, 75 of these, like over the course of 10, 15, 20 years, like just taking workshop after training after training, volunteering whenever I could, but continuing to feed myself through my day job. Now, my day job, what happened was, as I got better at doing, facilitating my day job, I got better at that. And what I found was they started to both just, got, the impact got greater and greater and greater. Well, then there comes a time where it's like, okay, I've done enough that I can do as a volunteer. It's time for me to get paid. So I was, again, at that time I was working for Gateway and um, I just knew I needed more time in the box. In other words, I wasn't gonna be able to learn what I needed to learn about shadow by selling computers all day long. I needed eight to 10 to 12 hours a day of doing nothing but shadow work, right? And I knew there was nobody gonna, they didn't know who I was, nobody knew who I was. And at that time, I really didn't even know who I was, still dealing with all my shadows, still dealing with all my troubles, still not really clear on what shadow really was, but I knew this is the road I was going down. And so I knew I had to find a way to support my training, to give me time in the box and at the same time pay my, feed my kids, right? And I, I like nice things, like it just is what it is. And so at that time I thought, you know, big, big, big house means success. In my mind, I'd still associate, it hadn't popped through that, that shadow yet, right? So I knew I needed to find a way to generate money without being able to just jump in the field now, working with Tony, to be very clear, I've talked to maybe, I don't know, 2,000 coaches, maybe. I would say 99% of them are broke. Like most coaches aren't making any money. And if you're working in the psychedelic space, you're making even less money because it just is what it is, right? It just is what it is. And so I knew that. So what I did was I kept bugging Tony in his sales department till they hired me. What that gave me the capability to do is it gave me the capability to be in the, in the industry, learning technology from a leader. I knew, I saw him stand somebody up and with 20 minutes, their life had changed. I said, that's my next teacher. I'm going to go work underneath this guy. So I went and worked under him. I ended up moving up and they ended up putting me in as a senior business strategist. Then I ended up traveling all around the world. Somebody else was paying my bills, right? I was getting a paycheck from Tony. And then, and then all this stuff happened and it was time to move. Like uh, this thing here came to me, everything kind of started to coalesce at the stage. It was like the universe said, okay, it's time for you to go on your own. Now I'm not making anywhere near the money I was making with Tony. I don't ever expect to make that. I don't, I'm not concerned about that, but now I'm at a point now to where I'm good enough at what I do. I've got enough inroads coming in enough. People know who I am to where the, it's like the plant has to have time. You, you plant a seed, it goes in the ground. It's got enough energy, enough power to get out of the ground and open up. And, and so it's, you, you got to have enough, enough ramp to get where you're going. And so, yes, if that's your vision, great. But what I know is what's true is true. If it's true today, it'll be true tomorrow. If it's true tomorrow, it'll be true next week. If it's true next week, it'll be true next month. If you're being called to the medicine, then start moving in that direction, but don't cut off your feet in the process. <laughs> I totally agree. I that I had the very very same insight. So thank you for that affirmation. And that I think definitely go take steps into that direction. Keep working on yourself, as you said. You keep studying to to work on yourself. Go to therapy. Go to healing. Go to learn more. Like and we are still doing. Even even now, I'm in another course in another study group and all of this kind of oh, thing. Sure. So. 
um, and don't give up everything like that and and try to make it because yeah that's that's you know very little success there as I can see and also the opposite is true because I never got this vision, you know, that I'm going to work with the medicine or something like it, it, it for years, it didn't occur to me that I will ever bring it into my practice in any way, you know, so, so that's interesting as well. Uh, but yeah, good, good. Well, and, and, and here's the other piece. Many times what I find is they're saying that it's time for them to come work with the medicine, but they're not really moving towards what they love what they're really doing is moving away from what they fear. It's like looking at your intent in regards to, to coming to plant medicine. Well, I just hate what I do. Let's talk about that. Cause I, again, I, well, I had a gal uh, came to the plant medicine uh, uh, was in a yoga, yoga studio, wanted to um, wanted to start this other business and was ready to move everything over to this other business, came and sat plant, got some started unpacking everything. And what she learned was, it wasn't that it wasn't that the stuff that the that the yoga studio that what she was doing wasn't fulfilling it was that she was blocking it much like what we've been talking about she was blocking herself from her fulfilling and she had this cycle this loop we see them in in medicine all the time those loops that we get stuck in in, in ceremony she was stuck in this loop of every couple of years she burns out and whatever she's doing and then what she does is she throws everything to the wind and it could be in a relationship, it could be in a business, it could be in her finances, it could be in her health, but there was this cycle that she was living out of that she didn't even know that she was living out of. So it's like many times, it's like you're coming to the plant medicine because you need something different because you're trying to fulfill this need of this loop that you're gonna keep starting these new things over and over and over. And it's really not about that, it's about addressing the actual loop itself. And then you'll find many times, because here's the thing, I could go work in 7-Eleven. I'm still going to be the same dude I am now. I'm called to this. I get this. But this is a role I play. This is not who I am. Like This is just one of the roles that the universe has put in front of me that I've, that I've fallen in love with. Hopefully, I get to do this all my, my whole life. But if I'm working in 7-Eleven, I can still channel light, love, and grace as I'm saying, will that be paper or plastic? You know what I mean? It's like learning to make the impact in the area that you're in instead of jumping to something else. What is it about you that can't make the, because it? Because what will happen is you're like, I'm here and I want to make an impact. You know what I need to do? I need to quit my job, my, my great job in sales. I'm not happy here. I'm not fulfilled here. I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go into plant medicine. I'm going to jump into this new industry and you're going to get there and anywhere you go, there you are. So now I'm stuck in this new position and I'm not making any money. Now I don't have any revenue because I haven't built anything up here. All my, all my, everything I am is built towards where I was. Now I'm in this new place and, oh, guess what? Now I'm not happy. Now I'm not feeling fulfilled. Now I'm, I'm feeling the same thing I felt back there, but I've just carried it into this new thing. Yeah. Well said. And uh, yeah, I, I normally say to my clients not to make a huge life changing decision in the first year of the integration, yep. you know, like divorcing, moving to another country, starting a totally new business and things like that. Because I, I truly believe what you said earlier, that if it's for your purpose, if it's in your that it's going to come, it's not going to be like, oh, the universe gave you one chance and you missed it. And now it's gone and you never get a chance again. Right. But it's, it's 
it's it's gonna keep coming and 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 for you and you will you will know and 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 you will get ready you know whenever you're ready so uh like just one one more thing that i wanted to ask before we wrap it up for today and you mentioned earlier that you know psychedelics not for everybody or not necessarily right and um uh, at, at the same time right there is this movement of making it available and the recent article um psychedelic spotlight uh it it was about a company filament hat who is applying for the fda for like clinical like one like clinical one trials for uh making an ayahuasca peel to make it like more accessible for people and also to uh, their 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 um assumption is that if they can make put the same molecules in the the same capsule would contain exactly the same thing then they could measure the effects better which is i think just showing that they never took any ayahuasca you know right. <laughs> came up with this idea and um, of course i looked up the company and they don't have any therapist or indigenous people or any plant medicine person is a scientist and and business people and 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 all of that so and and this is coming to 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 this field you know i don't think that we will prevent all of these things happening like what what is your opinion about this that does it does uh, ayahuasca have to be available to every single person on the earth and do you do you think that it is the same thing to <laughs> take a pill or then to go to a, a ceremony or yeah how do you feel about that well yeah so first off whenever i do um when we do a mushroom ceremony or whenever we do whenever i work with somebody that's working with the medicine i'm not the one handing that stuff out as of yet i haven't been given what i don't i don't feel that i've i don't have the lineage my lineage would be celtic and that was stripped of me uh stripped from me so i, I don't have the lineage to suggest that i understand the mushrooms haven't given me that mother hasn't given me that so i like to go first off there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years that's coming through that individual that's been trained uh by these you know these these organizations there's a reason why they do what they do and many times those reasons are 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 so beyond what our conscious thought even knows is there so first off i believe that putting this stuff in a in a setting like that it's not that you can't it's that those people need to be trained by the people that have been working it's like it's a, like imagine if a new form of doc, being a doctor just appeared out of nowhere and and all of a sudden everybody just started going over here and they weren't they weren't going to what we knew a doctor should know it's like all of a sudden this new crazy stuff start pulling up well that's the same thing because this plant medicine stuff these people have been working with this stuff for longer than our current medical establishment has been around like they know what they're talking about they may not make any sense to us but again that's just pointing more towards we need to listen to them so they can teach us i myself uh don't work with anything that is not uh, i'm i work with ayahuasca i'm not going to work with a pill that's ayahuasca mushrooms i don't work with the psilocybin and for me it's about that there's something about that organic presence i don't do i don't work with lsd i don't work with clients that work with i worked with a guy who had i spent over a year with him because lsd just opens up doors it doesn't there's no rhyme or reason they're not do, it's not doing it in a way that your mind it'll just unlock some stuff and i spent two years with this guy unraveling some stuff that he had a, a spiritual emergence that he was dealing with 
right? And so I don't work with anything that's not a plant because of that. Um, but again, that's my belief. I believe that eventually we will get there. Um, but I think that we have to take into consideration what we're being taught by these elders that have been working with this plant for way longer than we even know what working with the plant is, as opposed to just trusting this medical establishment that in many ways, our system is broke. I mean, much of the people you talk to a therapist, you talk to many doctors to tell you the system's as good as it can get and it's broke. Why would we do that? Why would we not go to a system we know is working? Now, caution, that doesn't mean that just because you're a shaman from Peru, you know everything. Like they have shadow, they have, they have their own, per they're human, just like everybody else. Like learning to take what works and take the personal out of it and build a system that brings in both. That's why I do my work here with SoulQuest is because we have a medic on staff. It plugs in that lineage with the medical so that me as a, as a, as a Western trained mind in my construct of reality, I get the best of both worlds. We risk, if we keep going down the road we're going, we risk end up getting the worst of both worlds. We end up getting the shadow side of the shamans and we're, we know what the shadow side of the medical industry looks like. And so that's where we're going because we're all in shadow anyway, so that we naturally almost gravitate that way. I'm grateful for these people that like, uh, I know people that are the Shipibo, uh, uh, bringing a Shipibo church in the United States. They're going absolute legal. I know pe the, the Santa Diame, the, 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 again, SoulQuest, the, the folks that are bringing this, these people in so I can finally learn from the people. And, and at the same time, keeping that understanding of the integration is all it's all that's a western it's a western thing right having those things integrated in a way that works for us in where we're at yes yes very well said i i, I completely agree and uh, i think you know that that arrogance and that greed of the west is part of our dysfunction and disease that the ayahuasca can help us to heal and other plant medicines you know and and i think just the concept itself that everybody has to have access to the ayahuasca no like who said why why has to no no it's not like that you know at all that and and then that dissatisfaction that it's never enough and then we need more and more everything and I think that's part of the problem that we need to heal and that we need to address and and definitely you know just the acknowledgement and the reverence for the guardians and keepers of these medicines for thousands of years and as you said the the western medical system is 400 years old like it's like nowhere and and the bigger part of the world doesn't use allopathic medicine actually more people does not use it than that just because we are in the west and the media it seems to us that everybody is into this but but that's not true and and i think that whatever will happen in the future but the best solution would be to to build these bridges as you're talking and to to bring the science and the indigenous people together and 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 create inclusion and the round tables and 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 inviting all the professionals and all the people with knowledge and and i think that is the dangerous thing like with this company that there there is no representation of any therapist of any indigenous wisdom keeper so they they having their own idea right and they are going with that and that can 
I, I think it possibly could be dangerous. Somebody getting healing DMT with yep. no money, no protection. Well, Graham, like, there you go. I, I listened to this podcast, uh, Joe Rogan talking to Graham uh, Wilcox. They were talking about um, um, they 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 have this study where they want to give some a drip somebody DMT, keep them in a DMT state for hours, so that I they can. That. That's so yeah. I, the other piece here that 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 is it needs to be looked at is understanding that this stuff isn't like this unravels so much. Right. And it's like, we need to have an understanding of what we're doing from somebody. Denver is a great example. Colorado just uh, decriminalized and they're, they're legalizing, creating a, a pathway to legalization, but everybody they put on that board, they didn't have anybody that was already practicing. They didn't put anybody that was, that was a voice to legalize they didn't put anybody that had a history from the community of psychedelics. They put on a bunch of people in the board that most people didn't. And I don't know, I'm not saying anything negative about the people that are on the board, but everybody they put on the board, none of those people had anything to do with this legalization movement. It's like they took it all, like you said, they took it all, took it away. They, they're creating this thing. And anytime you do that in the United States, everybody kind of everybody puckers up right because it's like well we know what that ends up being that ends up being something that doesn't work for the general population or it works for specific people me being a white middle class uh, heterosexual like it'll work great for me it'll suck for everybody else but it it's like we keep running into these challenges and we're not inviting in the voices that need to be invited in and if we keep doing the same things we're doing we're going to keep getting what we got but People are waking up, like regardless of what's going on, people are waking up, people are continuing to wake up, and the medicine is right at the very forefront of that awakening. And so I'm just grateful that I'm grateful that I'm here at this time being able to watch this, whatever the heck is going on, this, this television show that I can just sit back and watch out my window and see this insanity that is going to roll over into this beautiful next stage of development for us. Mm. Yes, thank you for sharing. Um, is there anything that you would like to shout out to your audience right now? Any projects that you want to share or anything that you are doing or any message that you want to give? Yeah, we're well, we've we've moved now. So we have um, we're the shadow ceremony. If we spoke about, it, I think last time we now have two locations. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on on the water there. Um, continue to train my students so we can continue to get these guides out there. They're working in the psychedelic space very, very successfully. Um, so if you're interested, if you are interested in coming into this space, go up to masteringchange.com, schedule a 15 minute call with me so we can have a down to earth discussion. If you're a business owner and um, you're considering using psychedelics, reach out to me. Um, I've, I've got the connections, I've got the systems, I've got the, like, we're talking 10 years of business training underneath the world's leading business consultant. Um, and, and now we're talking four or five years of working in the psychedelic space, 23 years of shadow work. I can support you through that process. And if I can't, I can point you in the right direction. This is the direction we're moving in. Um, and I believe that as we continue to go down the road, those companies that are willing to entertain the use of psychedelics in their organization is the companies that are going to innovate at a level that makes everybody else look at them as if they're performing magic. 
Mm, absolutely thank you thank you for that yeah and 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 i want to shout out you know to the people who want to start a psychedelic business <laughs> that if you're doing it for the money and that's your main motivation don't do it you know like, there's people... no money in this field i'm here to tell you people look at these organizations that are making that look like they're making money and when you get underneath the water they're not making the money you think they're making first off and in this field, most of the people in this field end up leaving the field broke. I'm not saying that that would be for you. I'm just saying schedule a 15 minute meeting, meeting with me so that I can go in and see what you're doing. We'll take a hard look at what you're doing to try to make sure that if you're going to, if you are going to do it, remember truth is truth. If you are going to do it, be smart. Don't just slit your wrist and expect it to heal up on its own. That's not how like God, God helps those who help themselves. We want to do this intelligently. We want to have a strategy. We need, we need help in this industry, but we need help that's conscious. Don't unconsciously take a leap because you got a vision and, and, and you're, you're, more, you're more committed to not being where you are and not doing the work that's in right in front of you and, and more committed to building something brand new. Because it's easier to fix something that's broken than it is to build something brand new. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And thank you for being here. And that, that was so exciting. Like I learned so much today. So so thank you for thank that. You, and, and I'm sure that we're going to have more to come. <laughs> thank you very much, Nina. For yes. the audience, just uh, we're going to share, of course, uh, Stephen's website, masteringchange.com and all the good things that he is into and his contact information. And also follow us on avatarkeelingarts.com and sign up for our mailing list so you get all the info of what we are up to. And please share this video if you liked it with your crowd and with your friends. So thank you and big love from our hearts to your hearts, wherever you are. Have a beautiful day. Yes, thank you.